Hello, good evening, friends. My name is uh, Mandy Oguajo Ogbe. Um, I welcome you to the series on Enough is Enough to Captivity of Satan. And welcome to Freedom in Christ Jesus. Uh, today is uh, Friday, the 19th of March, 2021. Otakada content count is 2,220,232. And um, today's title is The Holy Ghost Power Resident in You in Words Transferred Through the Air into Water and Oil as Agent for Healing, Deliverance, and Restoration in Your Life and Others. Included also is a sample prayer script um, plus two stories on deliverance of a pastor and a six-year-old girl as a learning curve for you and me. All right, so this is part seven of our series on Enough is Enough to Captivity and Welcome to Freedom in Christ. But before we continue, I'd like us to pray. Dear Lord God, we just want to thank you for this moment. Thank you for the privilege to call upon your name. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of access to your presence anytime, any place, anywhere. I give you praise and honor in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so, Lord, I uh, commit this series that we're going into even right now. We ask that you um, speak through me to your people. Cause them to hear you. In the name of Jesus, I had behind the cross and I ask that at the end of the day that they will receive healing deliverance and restoration and they will be able to do same for others within their circle thank you lord for i know that you've heard us thank you for your going to holy spirit i ask that you take charge of this uh, session i ask that you you speak to us in ways and means beyond compare in the name of jesus I pray and I speak to the airwaves. I declare that they line up to the purpose and the counsel of God concerning these times and this season in the name of Jesus Christ. Come against every voice that distorts, every voice that wants to uh, um, counter that the purpose for which these words are going out. I cause them to line up to the purpose and the counsel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, testimonies shall abound plenty concerning this series and concerning the lives that will be touched and concerning people that will be added to the kingdom of God as a result of the healing, deliverance and restoration that shall take place. Thank you, Lord, for answer prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. So again, I welcome you again. The title of the series on freedom in Christ Jesus is uh, The Holy Ghost Power Resident in You in Words transfer Transferred Through the Air into Water and Oil as Agent for Healing, Deliverance, and Restoration in Your Life and Others. And sample prayer script included plus two stories on deliverance for a pastor and a six-year-old girl as a learning call for you. In part 5 and part 6, we explored seven critical steps to deliver to deliverance. 
plus how to identify and expel demon groupings and vision of the final conflict and how to prevail strategically on four front lines of engagement. You can get that on our website at otakada.org. Now, another instruction is that you are permitted to share wide this equipping series with those who might need this. Okay? It's also part of evangelism and discipleship. We said that through negative habit patterns, uh, when we when we took up, took on um, uh, uh, part five and six, we said that through negative habit patterns or unscriptural lifestyle, we make ourselves Christians to be an attractive dwelling place for the forces of darkness by the willful choice of disobedience to God's pattern of living. We become slaves to whom we submit our wills to obey. To buttress that point, here Paul in Romans chapter 6, 16, and I read, Do you not know that if you continually surrender yourselves to anyone to do his will, you are the slaves of him whom you obey, whether that be to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness? right doing and right standing with God. And Jesus alluded to this fact that this master Satan is a hard and destructive taskmaster. You can read this in John 10.10. 10. So the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. God has given us the gift of free will to make choices but he has not given us the free will to choose the outcome of our choices. And here I bring to the witness stand Moses, admonishing the children of Israel, and by extension we modern day Christians, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 16 to 20, and I read Amplified Bible. It says, If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, to love the Lord your God, to work, in his ways, and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his ordinances, then you shall live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land into which you go to possess. But if your mind and heart turn away, and you will not hear, but but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish, and you shall not Live long in the land which you pass over the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness this day against you that I have set before you life and death, the blessings and the causes. Therefore, choose life that you and your descendants may live. And may love the Lord your God, obey his voice and cling to him. For it is your life and the length of your days, that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to give to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. By willful choice, many of us Christians have made ourselves fertile soil and launching pad for the demonic. The fact of the matter is that so many of us are not aware of this, and that that is why, that is by the design of the forces of wickedness until we allow the Holy Spirit to put his searchlight on us for deliverance. We know there are so many areas in our life that are completely and totally out of control or in captivity that relentless prayer has not helped 
over the years because the root cause has not been dealt with that bothers on total healing, deliverance and restoration in our spirit, soul and body. Today in part 7, we bring you in our, in our series of Enough It Is Enough to Captivity of Satan and Welcome to Freedom in Christ. Insight on how to steer the Holy Ghost power resident in you and me in words transfer through the air into water and oil as agent for healing, deliverance and restoration in your life and others. Plus two stories on deliverance of a pastor and a six-year-old girl as a learning curve for you, part seven. Remember, we're getting equipped to successfully execute the command in Mark 16, 15. And this is a command. He who believes, who had adheres to and trusts in and relies on the gospel and him whom it was set forth and is baptized will be saved from the penalty of eternal death. But he who does not believe, who has not adhered to, and trust in the and rely on the gospel and him whom it says forth will be condemned. And these attesting signs will accompany accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons, they will speak in new languages, they will pick up serpents, and even if they drink anything deadly it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will get well. So when the Lord Jesus after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven, and he sat down at the right hand of God. And he went out and preached everywhere, while the Lord kept working with them and confirming the message by the attesting signs and miracles that closely accompanied it. Amen. So be it. We mentioned in earlier series that to successfully execute this command of Jesus to all believers in Christ, there's no room for runaway soldiers or running to fight again because the battle has already been won in the heavenlies. Ours is to use our authority and power and the power is, that is given to us through the resident Holy Spirit to enforce that victory because the enemy will always want to step his boundary, testing the waters to see if we are ignorant. Unfortunately, so many of us are ignorant to the devices of the evil one. We said to confront this type of enemy as a disciplined army, we need the following, as in A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. I must emphasize that this series is not for everyone. The select few, we pre-qualify themselves for enrollment by these seven attributes. They are as follows, availability in spirit, in soul, and the body. Boldness, B, C, compassion for others, D, determination, F, fury, anger, G, great anger. And if you don't have these, these attributes as minimum ingredients, it will be impossible to wage a successful campaign against all the above ingredients. Needs to be mixed together to produce a kind of mustard seed faith to bring about a, choice, a change because God feeds hungry people not cold or lukewarm children, be it in healing, deliverance, and restoration, within and without. We said that the spoils are ready for collecting, but a mustard seed, consistent faith is required to collect them into our existence. We are talking of souls, souls, and more souls, and everything we need as an army of the living God to wage a successful campaign. Well, if we're sick, how, how do we go winning souls? If we possess ourselves, how do we go deliver people? 
if we are, we, we, we've lost so much, how do we bring restoration to others? Our life should show the fruits of what we're talking about. We're here to equip you with learning from those who have gone ahead of us. And Jesus said, why this series is not for everyone is because Jesus said that when he returns, will he find faith on the earth? Will I find faith on the earth when I return? So it's a matter of choice that we make. Now, look at the first part of our presentation today. Let's look at the first part of our presentation today. The Holy Ghost power resident in you in words transferred through the air into water and oil as agent for deliverance, for the miraculous, that is healing, deliverance and restoration in your life and others, others included with a sample prayer script. We begin with Jesus, the author, and finish off our faith, who had the Holy Spirit resident inside of him. In John chapter 9, verse 1 to 7, let's see that account. As he passed along, he noticed a man blind from his birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he should be born blind? Jesus answered, It was not that this man or his parents sinned, but he was born blind in order that the workings of God should be manifested, displayed and illustrated in him. We must work the works of him who sent me and be busy with his business while it is daylight. Night is coming on when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the world's light. When he has said this, he spat on the ground and made clay poured, mud with his saliva and he spread it as ointment on the man's eyes. And he said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Awesome. If this miracle happened in our day by any anyone, anyone believer in Christ, we'll be quick to judge and say, Possibly we are using juju. Just like they accused Jesus after this notable miracle. If you read to the end of John chapter 9, I just took seven part of it, the seven verses in it. Jesus is showing us a principle here that we can and should apply in our day and age because we carry the Holy Spirit inside of us. When we speak to anything in the power of the resident Holy Spirit, the intentions of our heart will come to pass. I bring on the scriptures to witness the awesome power of words to affect and effect change in the dead and decaying situations that we come across every day. Then I will include a simple sample prayer, a simple prayer like a script we can use and adapt for our own situation and circumstances. Again, this is enough, it's enough to captivity and welcome to freedom in Christ. Today we're equipping you to be able to, on your own, bring about healing, deliverance, and restoration, not just for yourself, but to others, through the agent of water and um, and oil. You know, we, we ingest drugs a lot. So when we pray for people, we use the water, we pray over it, and this water also becomes a medicine that brings healing to our spirit, our soul, and our body. Okay, so... I return back to um, um, the, 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 the power that is inherent, inherent 
in our words. And Proverbs 18, 20, we just mentioned how Jesus uh, spat on, on, on mud and then made a paste, an anointment, and rubbed on somebody who was blind and went to Siloam to wash his eyes, and he came back seen. And then we're going further to look at Proverbs to see how words matter. Our words matter. So Proverbs 18, 20, 21. A man's moral, uh, verse, uh, yeah, Proverbs 18, verses 20 to 21. A man's moral self shall be filled with the fruit of his mouth and with the consequences of his words. He must be satisfied, whether good or evil. Number 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it, for death or life. And Proverbs 18.4 and 6 and 16, Amplified Bible says, The words of a discreet and wise man's mouth are like deep waters, plenteous and difficult to fathom. And the fountain of skillful and godly wisdom is like a gushing stream, sparkling, fresh, pure, and life-giving. Six, a self-confident fool sleeps, bring contention, and his mouth invites a beating. Verse 16, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. Before the prayer, Around this up by around this part up by Jesus' account of the power in in our words, in Mark chapter eleven verse twenty twenty six, Jesus gave this account, and I read, in the morning when they were passing along, they noticed that the fig tree was withered, completely away to his roots, roots, and Peter remembered and said to him, Master, look, the fig tree which you doomed has withered away. And Jesus replying said, uh, replying said to them, Have faith in God, in bracket, constantly. Truth, verse 23, Truly I tell you, whoever says to this mountain, Be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt at all in his heart, but believes that what he says will, will take place, it will be done for him. For this reason I am telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident, that it is granted to you, and you will get it. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him and let it drop. Leave it, let it go, in order that your Father who is in heaven may also forgive you your own failings and shortcomings and let them drop. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your failings and shortcomings. So this is like a... Another condition that, you know, um, tend to affect our prayers. You know, we can speak boldly, we could say everything, but if we have seen in our lives, that can also become a limitation, like unforgiveness. That's a major one, you know. So if you look at verse 23, he said, whoever say, that whoever includes you, that whoever includes you, he did not say if you are an anointed man or woman of God, the only condition is, and does not doubt at all, he believes. The only condition is this, that if he does not doubt at all, believes what he says will take place, it will be done for him. Mind you, this was before the Holy Spirit was given. Now you and I have the Holy Spirit resident inside of us permanently. All we need to say all we need to do is to stir him up. Just like Paul 
in speaking to Timothy, says, tear up the gift which is in you, which was given to you at the laying of hand. So how do we stir up the spirit? By worship, praise, speaking in tongues, and many other ways, so that we are built up in faith to make the pronouncement that will take effect. And when we build up ourselves up, we're just reclaiming, re-echoing what the scripture says about us. We already know it, but we personalize it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because Christ is inside of me, I am strengthened. That's the way of equipping ourselves. And as we speak in tongues, we're re-echoing so many of those promises that the Lord, uh, we shall trample upon serpents and upon scorpions and upon the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by enemies hurt us. Those are building up words for warfare. Now let's, let's begin the sample prayer script that I have drafted. I hope you like it and I hope you use it until you see total deliverance, not just in yourself, in your family, and um, in people around you who you know are going to situations or circumstances that defies prayer, defies, defies all the efforts that you're putting in. Now, um, sample prayer script to speak into water or oil before we apply or drink it to achieve the purpose intended. Remember, you must clearly see the desired outcome. As you make those pronouncements into the water and or oil to become an agent of healing, deliverance, and restoration. And you have to continue to do this until there is a change in the circumstances or situation. Remember Jesus saying again, when I come back, will I have faith on the earth? And he spoke that when he talked about the consistent widow who went to a wicked judge to demand for the right that was due her. And she refused to give up until there is a change. So I'm putting this script together. You can adapt it. You can adjust it. You can do whatever you want. But by all means, make it a consistent effort. Okay? So let's begin speaking now. You have a water in front of you. And you say water. If it is oil, then oil. I breathe the breath of life that is resident inside of me. Through confession of salvation by faith in the name of Jesus Christ. And the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit inside of me right now. Then you blow air onto or into the water or oil now by faith. See the desired outcome that aligns with scripture. So I take the water. Just like Jesus said, receive water. Receive the power in the name of Jesus. So water by the power of the Holy Spirit, become anointed for healing. Name what you want healing for. It says for healing for headache, for healing for cancer, for healing for uh, shriveled hands, whatever it is, for healing for stomach ache, whatever it is. And I receive deliverance for demonic attack, whatever it is. What are the indicators? Either uh, uh, distress or depression, or schizophrenia, whatever. I receive deliverance from schizophrenia. I receive deliverance from uh, uh, mental uh, mental uh, health. I receive deliverance from um, uh, loss and all of that. I receive deliverance from lying. I receive deliverance from uh, all kinds of things. You just mentioned that. And restoration in the name of Jesus Christ. Name what you want restoration for. Has something been stolen from you? Name it. 
But as I take this water, restoration is being put in. Is there an operation that is taking a part of your body? Declare restoration. The creative miracle is here. It's part of the nine gifts. Working of miracles. So blow from the depth of your heart by the power of the Holy Spirit into the water or oil. Speak in tongues as you moved. In the name of Jesus. As I take this anointed water and drink or take oil and apply, let the ripples of the power of the Holy Spirit anointing permeate all over my body, inside my body, and bring total healing, total deliverance, and total restoration. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Name the areas in which you need healing, deliverance, and restoration. I declare divine order and total realignment in my spirit, soul, and body. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Then you conclude, I thank you, Father. I thank you. Uh, I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, dear Holy Spirit, for the total healing. Healing from what? Mention it. For healing. Thank him for the healing for the eyesight. Thank you for restoration of a new eyes. Thank you for healing of, 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 of whatever it is. Thank you for the righteous that are over my, 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 my body. Oh, I receive healing now. In the name of Jesus, as I take this water, thank you, Lord, for the healing. Deliverance. I receive deliverance from demonic, demonic oppressions. In the name of Jesus. So, so name them. See delivered. See yourself delivered. In the name of restoration of what? Name those things that need to be restored. Name them. See restored outcome. Amen and amen. Proscript. Begin to see the outcome. Always. Begin to confess the outcome. Always. Begin to experience the outcome and testify of the outcome for his glory and your blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. Continue to repeat unto the fulfillment of the outcome and spread the word to others who need God's touch. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So that's the end of the script. Now, let's take the two stories on deliverance of a pastor and a six-year-old girl as a learning curve for you. So as I go through the stories, it's, it's a pattern. The things of the kingdom are like patterns. So you could actually learn the process from someone else who has gone through the process. And you can repeat that. All right. So again, I repeat. As I read through this, or as I make those as I as I go through the deliverance process for this pastor, just notice the the, the process, the process that is involved. That's what is key, because it's, it's for our learning. Events are for our learning. Just like the prodigal son that Jesus talked about, we're still repeating that today, and we're learning from them. And so, this is a real life story that I've brought in here. Two of them. That would help you learn the process of deliverance. So, now, sorry, one, should I be a deli- deliverance minister? This is responding to a question that was asked by people to Frank Hammond. Should I be a deliverance minister? And he now repeated how he got into deliverance. How I got launched into deliverance by Frank Hammond. Deliverance of a pastor. How did you get into deliverance ministry? That question is put to me rather often. It surely was not something I deserved and sought after. I have to tell people, if you look outside on the ground, you will find furrows made by my toes when I was being dragged into this business. The Lord did not call me into this facet, facet of ministry. He trusts me into it. In Matthew 9.38, Jesus tells his followers to pray that the Lord of hosts, Harvest will send forth laborers. Other translations says, trust out laborers. The literal interpretation is that he will 
trust or force out workers. This is how I experienced the call. The Lord did not ask me. He told me. It was a thrilling discovery to learn that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Hebrews 13 verse 8. When I experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I discovered that miracles did not end when the 12 apostles died or when the canon of scripture was completed. Miracles are for today. I went to hear Catherine Coleman and witnessed many miracles of healing in that service. My faith was quickened and I began to think of friends who needed healing. A fellow pastor was much upon my heart. I wanted to see him healed more than anyone I could think of. For 16 years, he had suffered continuous headaches. Mark that word, 16 years. That's abnormal. Honestly, abnormal. 16 years for a pastor. Headache. This was the result of a serious head injury. Okay. Doctors offered no solution. They suggested exploratory brain surgery. But Fred would not consent to such dangerous surgery with so little promise of health. Because of the pain, he could not sleep and his nerves were going to pieces. He could not study and make adequate preparation for his sermons. The constant pain made him cross and irritable. His family was under heavy tension. The children could not make any noise. Everything revolved around Fred's affliction. I told Fred that I was going to pray for him until I saw him healed. Every day for a week, I spent time in prayer for him. That is persistence. Then one day, one morning, as I was praying, the Lord told me that Fred's problem was due to an evil spirit. Had I really heard the voice of God? How could I share such a revelation with my friend? What would he think? After all, what did I know about demons? I had heard a few references to them at a couple of meetings I had attended, but had never read anything on the subject. How could I be sure? What should I do? The impression to share my revelation with Fred would not go away. It grew stronger. One day, when we were together, I cautiously approached the subject. Fred, I promise to pray for you until God healed you. I reminded I have been praying for you each day. The other day, the Lord told me what your problem is. I paused for Fred's reaction. I had his attention. All right. Well, praise the Lord, he said. What did the Lord tell you? Now, Fred, I don't know what you will think of this. I offered choosing words as carefully as I knew how. But the Lord told me your headache were caused by a demon. I held my breath as I watched his face for a reaction. I didn't know what Fred was. I didn't know that Fred was more knowledgeable about demons than I was. He took it in stride. Well, praise the Lord, he exclaimed. Even appearing jubilant. Doesn't the Bible say demons can be cast out? I want you to cast it out of me. Now wait a minute, I protested. I don't know anything about casting out demons. But I think I might be able to find someone who knows how to do it. That's what we always do. Look for someone. Give me a few days to pray about who can do this for you. I will let you know as soon as I find someone. I went right to pray prayer, asking God to lead me to a, a deliverance minister. The Lord said, you do it. So I prayed again. I carefully explained to the Lord how on 
unqualified I was. I must have sounded worse than Moses at a burning bush, making excuses as to why he could not lead his people out of Egypt. The Lord will give me no other cause. I must perform the ministry. Many thoughts began to turn over in my mind. What would happen to me if I made a frontal attack against demon spirit? Wouldn't they make a special target out of me? I would be in trouble for sure. The prospects were frightening. As week, A week later, I talked to Fred again. I told him the results of the prayers. It didn't seem reasonable that I should be the one to minister to him, but he was completely willing to go along with it. We agreed that we would pray another week and study what the scripture had to say on the subject. Then we and our wives would get together and see what would happen. Again, remember, this is enough is enough to captivity and welcome to freedom in Christ. Today, we're looking at the agents of water and oil as carriers of the anointing that we can transfer our anointing that is resident inside of us onto the water and onto the oil and they will do the miraculous in our lives and lives of others. And secondly, two stories so um, about deliverance of a pastor and a six-year-old. So I'm right in the middle of the uh, deliverance of the, of the pastor. Okay, so uh, I continue the story. The day came when we were to have the attempted ministry. Fred and his wife were to meet at our house for dinner, and then we would go over to the church building for the prayer meeting, or whatever it would be. I was rather glad the day was so busy for us. It was necessary to make a business trip out of town. We got back home about two hours before Fred and his wife were due. On our doorstep was a little pamphlet, way down with a rock. A friend had come through town and not finding me at home, had left the little pamphlet for me. I could hardly believe my eyes as I read the title, An Introduction to Expelling Demon by Derek Prince. My friend did not know about the impending ministry. The timing was perfect. It had to be God. Within a few minutes, I had devoured the contents of the pamphlet. It was very practical and crammed with helpful information. We could anticipate some kind of manifestation when the demon came out, at least I felt a little more confident about the whole matter. When Fred arrived, I had him and his wife read the pamphlet before we attempted the ministry. We spent some time in prayer before we challenged the demon, and I was thinking only in terms of a single demon at a time. My comprehension was not any greater than that. Fred was still on his knees when I suggested that we begin to address the demon. My wife and I laid hands on his head and both of us said, I command the demon to come out of him in the name of Jesus. After I had given this command, my wife had repeated it. We waited to see what would happen. Finally, I asked, did you feel anything, Fred? Do you think anything happened? Fred shook his head negatively. Lie had not sensed anything. Okay. We held a brief consultation and decided to try it again. The command was given several more times. What was happening to Fred? His face was contorting. He was trying to speak, but he could not get any words out. He appeared to be choking. It was no time to slack off now. We continued to command the demon to come out of him. Fred began to cough violently. This lasted for about a minute. Then we slumped sideways to the floor and lay motionless. 
Then he slumped sideways to the floor and lay motionless. Is it out, Fred? I inquired. I think so, he whispered. He could hardly talk. I'm so weak I cannot get up, he explained. We prayed for Fred and thanked God for his deliverance. It was at least five minutes before Fred was able to sit up. Fred's wife had been sitting and praying all this while. Now I heard her singing softly. I recognized the tune, a familiar hymn. Amazing grace, I thought. I would join her in the hymn, and as I listened to catch the words, I realized she was singing in tongues. A few weeks previously, I had prayed for her to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and she had only been able to speak one short phrase in tongues. Now she was singing with complete liberty. The four fourths were jubilant. It was a week later when I saw Fred again. I was eager to get a report on his headache. I was confident that he would tell me it was all gone. Frank, I don't know what to make of it, Fred began, but I still have my headache. It is not any better. The sick feeling of disappointment came over me. How could a ministry be so dramatic and yet not be effective? We were both baffled. Fred told me that he had accepted the call to pastor a church in another state. He would be moving immediately. It was six months before we saw him again. We were on a trip that took us near his new place of ministry, so we drove a few extra miles to have a visit and spend the night. As we had prayer that evening, it was decided that we ought to minister to Fred again. During the past months, we had learned more about demons. There could be more than one of them. Maybe we didn't get the one that caused the headache. We would be more persistent. Remember in the, in the last series, we, we talked about demon groupings. Now, uh, there was deliverance, but it wasn't complete. So we had, uh, again, enough is enough to uh, captivity and welcome to freedom in Christ Jesus. Now we're telling the story of deliverance of a pastor. His name is Fred. Okay, We had Fred sit in a chair as we gathered around him. He was most cooperative. He was willing to do Anything that offered a ray of hope to be rid of this incessant pain that was destroying him. At this point, we did not know how to detect different types of spirits and had never re received any supernatural discernment on specific demons. So we gave a general command for whatever demons were in him to come out. Each time we commanded, Fred would have a spell of coughing. He could feel a pressure in his throat which would be relieved through coughing. This happened about six times. Has your headache gone yet? I quizzed. No, it was worse than ever, Fred explained. He could tell there was something still inside of Fred. I recalled having listened to a tape on deliverance in which the minister commanded the demons to name themselves. It was decided that we should attempt this. What is your name? I demanded of the demon I felt sure was still in Fred. In the name of Jesus, I command you to tell me your name. His face began to contort, just like it had during the initial ministry. We kept commanding the thing to name itself. Fred's lips protruded and his mouth contorted into a snarl. Very slowly and in a voice that was scarcely audible, there was one word spoken, pain. It sounded so simple. Why hadn't we figured it out before? Demon of pain, come out of Fred. Our words were insistence. In the name of Jesus, come out of him. Fred's wife must have sensed in her spirit what was about to happen. She grabbed a newspaper, 
off the coffee table and threw it on the floor between the Fred's between Fred's feet. Immediately, Fred coughed and threw up two big plums of plum onto the paper. The demon was out, and the pain was gone. Almost five years have passed, and Fred is still healed. God has answered our prayers. So we just ended that. There are certain illness and sicknesses that just keep going and keep going and keep going and no end in sight. And uh, in this particular case, it was an accident okay, that allowed that entry. You can imagine that. So story two, Ida May describes a demonic child deliverance, six-year-old girl. The most graphic child deliverance I, Ida May, have ever had was that of a six-year-old girl. We will call her Mary. Mary's father came to us for deliverance. In the course of the interview, he spoke of the difficulty he had in, he had in handling his daughter. He and his wife were divorced and he was raising the girl. He said that she was a most difficult child to handle, being very stubborn, self-willed and rebellious. He was quite concerned since her nature caused him to become so excessively angry that he would punish her too severely. We told him that the girl needed as much deliverance as he, if not more. And he said that they bring her to us. Mary came to us directly from school a few days later. I need to point out that as I was getting acquainted with her, I was explaining to her that I wanted to pray for her. She drank about half a thermos, thermos of orange, orange juice. She was very hyperactive, jumping on, on and off the church pew, absolutely unable to do to relent uh, restlessness to sit while we chatted. I said, Mary, your father tells me that you know there are bad spirits. Her eyes widened and she began to tell me very seriously how every night she had to make sure all the doors were locked before she could go to bed. When she got up in the night to get a drink or go to the bathroom, she was afraid and had to know personally that all doors were securely locked. I said, yes, that is fear. Mary, you have demons of fear in your body. They make you afraid and I want to pray for you and make them leave your body. They have gotten inside you and when I pray, they will come out of your mouth and leave. She accepted my words with simple childlike faith. I asked her to come sit on the bench beside me while I prayed. She did, but she was so restless that I had to take her on my lap to keep her near me. She sat on my lap with her back toward me. I began to pray a prayer of faith and trust that Jesus was going to set her free. The Holy Spirit very plainly told me to keep my, my voice very quiet, lower than a conversational tone. Also to consider every word hereafter that came out of Mary's mouth to be a demon speaking or to be demon inspired. Then I began to address the demons. I said, now you demon indwelling Mary's body. I want you to know that Mary is covered by the blood of Jesus, Jesus through her father's relationship to Jesus. Just as the father in the days of Moses sprinkled the blood on the doorposts for the protection of the entire family, so is Mary under the covering of the blood. Demons, I also want you to know that Mary's father has heard and accepted the truth of God's word concerning you, demon spirit. He knows now that it is you he has been struggling against and not Mary. 
I became aware that Mary was whispering and leaned around to see if I could catch what she was saying. She was whispering, I don't like what you're saying. I replied, I know you don't like it, demons, because I am exposing you and have to I have acknowledge I have knowledge of you. Mary has been tormented by you from the before she was born. While she was still in her mother's womb, some of you entered her. But God has said you cannot indwell her body any longer. Again the demon in Mary began to whisper, this time in very tired jaw defiant words. They protested. I don't like what you are saying. I was careful to keep my voice very quiet as I responded. It's not going to get any better for you, demon. But what's because you are going to be cast out of her today? Of her today, you are losing your home. At this, the demon screamed out and again retorted, "I don't like what you are saying now. Shut up!" I replied, "No, I shall not shut up, but rather will continue to talk until you are out of her body." I continued speaking to the demons softly. Now one by one, you demons start manifesting yourself. In the name of Jesus, immediately Mary began to say in a whisper, You don't love me. If you did, you wouldn't be holding me. I answered, That's right. Rejection demon. You shut her off from love relationships. You make her think nobody loves her. You even make her think God doesn't love her. You are going to come out of her. Rejection in the name of Jesus. One by one. The demons began to manifest their nature. They came so quickly, I often only had time to name one and another would be uh, would be to the surface. The demons were making Mary struggle to get out of her my lap, although I was still able to hold her rather loosely in my arms. Eventually, I had to resort to putting one of her legs between mine, thus holding her in a vice and bodily restraining her. The demon of hate put her face right up in my face with their noses touching and screamed, I hate you. Still speaking quietly, I addressed the demon. Come out of demon of come out, demon of hate. She began to scream. I want a knife. I want a knife. I inquired. What do you want? What do you want with a knife? The demon clenched Mary's teeth and said, So I can kill you. All right, you demon of mother, I commanded I commanded you. I commanded you come out in Jesus' name. Next, Mary stood up, threw her shoulders back, placed her hands on her hips, and retorted, Nobody ever tells me what you do. I said, Defiance, you come out. There was a distinct change in voice as the next demon spoke. He said, I do only what I want to do. I said, Self-will, come out. Then there was another change in voice. You will never Make me come out, said the new voice. Stubbornness, you have to come out too, I insisted. Mary then raised her hands like claws and lunged for my face. Her eyes were protruding and she was screaming. I said, Madness, you come out of Mary in Jesus' name. She began to claw her hair and shake her head violently. I said, Mental illness and insanity, come out. Next, I call for the spirit of schizophrenia. You demons of schizophrenia, I call your hand. I call your hand. You bring out your two opposite personalities which you are establishing in her. One of you is rooted in rejection and self-pity and the other is rooted in rebellion and bitterness. Neither one of those personalities is a real Mary. I release and lose the real Mary to be 
what Jesus wants her to be. With this, she clawed violently at me, scratching my arms and lunging for me. She beat a hole in my blouse. When she came up with part, with part of my blouse in her teeth, she looked very startled as though she expected me to slap her across the face. I could tell it was the real Mary who was startled. I addressed the demon and said, No, demon, I shall not harm Mary for ruining my blouse because I can separate her from you. Too long, Mary has been punished in her flesh for the things you have done through her. You demons have gone virtually untouched. It's different today. You demons are taking the punishment and Mary goes free. Mary looked relieved for a, few, uh, for a second. Then the other demons began manifesting themselves. Finally, after about 20 or 30 minutes of this deliverance procedure, Mary began to scream one long scream after another and begged to be turned loose. She would say, don't hold my leg, don't hold my leg. The Holy Spirit gave me understanding that her flesh was now stirred up and that I should release her and give her seat on the bench beside me. I instructed Mary, I'm going to let you sit on the bench. Okay, she was crying softly and said, I don't like for you to hold me like that. I said, well, I'm sorry. I had to hold you so tight, but the bad spirits were making you fight me. I was always careful to put the blame on the demons. In a childish way, she seemed to appreciate that they were finally catching the blame instead of herself. Mary sat beside me for a little while and was very still and relaxed. The Holy Spirit told me that I should now give the command quickly for the remaining demons to come out. I said, now in the name of Jesus, I command all demon spirit remaining in Mary to come out. Come out now in the name of Jesus. Immediately Mary became sick at her stomach and before I could reach a paper towel, she threw up a large ball of slime. It filled her little hands and mine. She looked up and faintly smiled and then just seemed to turn to peace all over. Remember, at the beginning of this account, I stated that Mary was drinking a thermos of orange juice when she came for ministry. There was not a trace of juice in what she threw up. None of the slime came from her stomach. Well, we sat there and talked for about 15 minutes. Mary sat quietly and relaxed in contrast to the hyperactive nature she had shown earlier. Her father was astounded. He had watched this stormy deliverance with mixed and confusing emotions, unfamiliar with demon manifestations, and unable to distinguish the many different voices of the demons as my trained ear had done. Mary's father thought that the real Mary was being treated rather roughly and said that once it was all he could do to keep from interfering. Though I had not personally seen Mary since her deliverance, I have received several good reports, most say, She's so different. She just isn't the same. I can hold her and she responds to love. You just wouldn't believe she's the same girl. My eyes got moist even as I write this. She's the only deliverance that ever caused me to weep. The warfare was so tumultuous and the peace afterwards so beautiful. I could not keep back the tears. To God be the glory. Amen. So we just finished the second um, story of the six-year-old that was delivered from demonic possession. And this is enough is enough to captivity and welcome to freedom in Christ Jesus. And uh, we talked about the use of uh, water and oil uh, to minister healing, deliverance, 
and restoration. The procedure is, is, is there if you, if you listen to that. But right now we want to just pray a short prayer for self-deliverance. So remember, it's a do-it-yourself process. You can be anywhere in the world. All you need to do is just follow the process in the name of Jesus Christ. So let's begin the short prayer for self-deliverance. So say, Lord Jesus Christ. Say, Lord Jesus Christ, yes, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose again from the dead. You redeemed me by your blood and I belong to you. I want to live for you. I confess all my sins, known and unknown. I'm sorry for them all. I renounce them all. I forgive all others as I want you to forgive me. Forgive me now and cleanse me with your blood. I thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ, which cleanses me now from all sin. And I come to you now as my deliverer. You know my special needs, the things that binds, that torments, that defiles, that evil spirit, that unclean spirit. I claim the promise of your word. Whosoever that calleth on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. That is Joel 2.28. I call upon you now, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, deliver me and set me free. Satan, I renounce you and all your works. I lose myself from you in the name of Jesus. And I command you to leave me right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let it come from your heart and see the salvation of the Lord. If you, uh, if you, if you feel like throwing up, throw up. Just keep your mouth open for the Spirit to leave. And if you feel like vomiting, just vomit out. And deliverance is going on. If you yawn, that is the way they also get out. So let it come. Let it come out. I decree you are cleansed, you are healed. And continue to do this until you feel liberty. He says this is the day of liberty. When Jesus read uh, Luke chapter 4 uh, verse 19 I think. So so are you sick or in need of restoration or uh, deliverance uh, or restoration? So for those who are sick or unwell in whatever shape or form or needing deliverance or restoration, kindly touch the door below in faith. That is if you are reading from the website or connect through the voice that is talking to you now. Now, what is faith? The simple terms for faith. Faith is seeing the precise positive outcome of your current uh, situation. Knowing that Jesus has done his part more than 2,000 years ago to secure your healing, deliverance and restoration, restoration as a down payment. Trusting that that down payment is available to you to draw from, like a positive balance in your checking account with the bank. No question asked, as we agreed with you, as we agree with you, and pronounce be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So I'm going to pray by the authority in the name of Jesus Christ. So, by the authority you have granted unto me and unto them, I exercise that authority now in faith with the anger against the enemy and hunger to get what you have freely given unto them all. I cause every illness, 
every disease, be it cancer, COVID-19, be it spirit of infirmities, be it demonic possession or oppression, be it spirit of poverty, setbacks, delayed fulfillment of what God has already determined and released. We come against the anomaly, we bind them, we cause them to their root, and we cast them out by authority in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We call for a release of healing, deliverance, and restoration into their lives in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for testimonies that are binding, abiding to your glory and honor and adoration. Thank you for souls that are being added to your kingdom as a result of this message, the miracles that we are already seeing right now and manifesting in your glory. To your, for your glory in Jesus' name. It is done. Rejoice. Now touch this board or connect with this voice as a point of contact and confess with your mouth, I am healed, I am delivered, and I am restored in my spirit, in my soul, in my body, and all around me in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Begin to do what you could not do before. Begin to confess unto, until full healing, deliverance, or restoration becomes a fruit in your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Stay hungry for all of God. Stay angry against the enemy and take back all that the enemy has held back from you. Note, testify to the healing for God's glory and to the shame of the enemy. Send us an email or WhatsApp as if you still us if you if you still need us to agree with you on the issue and connect at the equipping series next week shalom share wide uh, ambassador monday okwajo Ogwe, atakara.org cyber church ministries and uh, the telephone number whatsapp is plus two three four eight zero three two eight three five three four eight you can reach us by telephone plus one three zero two Two six eight six three one three. So let us bring this to a close now. So Father God Almighty, thank you for this time. We cover everyone that is involved with this ministration today with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We declare that their healing is permanent, the deliverance is permanent, the restoration is permanent to your own glory and to the shame of the enemy. Thank you for answered prayer. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Amen.